All right. Good afternoon, everybody. It's a good day. It's always a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. So it was my birthday this past weekend. Thank you. And man, uh, you know, I felt so much love from everybody. And uh, I just wanted to thank you. You know, uh, my receiving love language is gifts. And so this year, people really made me feel very, very loved. Uh, The staff, they got me um, two mangoes, which are very expensive in Korea. Then they got me an orange polo from Lacoste. And a pair of kicks from New Balance. And it was all their effort to make me look younger, they said. <laughs> and then uh, another quartet of people got me uh, Lost Season 2 on Blu-ray. And I'm sorry, I'm kind of behind, but I know there's like Lost Season 7 already. But, uh, you know, I, I only got to see Season 1, so this is a real treat to, to continue that. I'll be firing that up on my PS3. We have some downtime. Uh, I also got to receive uh, an iTunes gift certificate. Always good. Some uh, GS gift certificates. Welcome to Korea. Uh, I got a, a Burberry tie. Got a box of chocolates. And then inside was an envelope containing something else in it. Somebody got me my first Korean moksa pimp style tie, which I'm not wearing today. It's got little like jewels in it. I'll sport it sometime. And uh, last but not least, my wonderful wife, Erin. She got me this uh, Brooks Brothers tie uh, and cufflinks that I'm wearing right now. And uh, along with a scrapbook full of notes written in it from all people from all over the world. She called it the Book of Blessings. And so last night I was trying to resist reading them so I can uh, work on my message. But I couldn't resist. So I, I glanced at a few. I didn't get to read all of them. There's a lot of them in there. Uh, I glanced at a few. And I just really want to thank each and every one of you that wrote in uh, those firsthand testimonies of how God used my simple obedience to bless you. Uh, people like Ward from North Carolina, Caitlin from Indiana, our precious sister Rona that you'll probably see this summer. Uh, Adam from ECF, Herman from OEM, Victor from Jubilee, just to name a few. All those testimonies, I didn't get to read all of them, I read some of them. Uh, They were very, they were truly, they were priceless. These are gifts that really just touched my heart. And uh, there are so many more, I can't can't wait to read them all. Uh, It was also full of many laughs. Our brother Roy, he drew a cartoon of me. It was very funny. Uh, Caleb's note made me laugh out loud, literally. Uh, and uh, our brother Danny Suck, brother Ho- Homie wrote an essay up in there. I can't wait to get, get home and read that all. <laughs> and, uh, he, he showed me love. He, love language for some people is words. Hallelujah. That's not your given love language? All right. We're well, sure good at it. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. Can't wait to read it. Now, I know... I know I don't have the most gentle and well-mannered character for a pastor, 
But this scrapbook really shows me that you guys are able to look past my rough exterior and to see my heart. That means a lot. Because I know I'm really rough around the edges. Proverbs 17.9 says, He who covers over an, an offense promotes love. And I know there's a lot of offenses that come from me that you guys need to cover over. But this scrapbook, it was uh, an amazing promotion of love in my eyes. So I just want to thank everybody who wrote in. And uh, I want to thank my beautiful wife for putting in so much time to put this thing together. She would not let me go into uh, one of the smallest bedroom that we have. She just had it on lockdown for like three straight days. And uh, she threatened me if I, if I even opened the door, she said. And uh, she really uh, was working on it really hard. And so now the pressure's on because my wife's birthday is coming up in a month. <laughs> Man, what am I going to do? Okay, I don't, I don't know what your uh, month thus far has been like. And I know for some of you it's been a tough time. And we are standing with you. But for New Philadelphia Church as a whole... March has been the month of answered prayers, amen? amen. In the last Sunday, or let there be light. <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. Uh, answer, month of answered prayers. Last Sunday, I announced how after months of prayer, uh, the Lord led us specifically to invite Benjamin Robinson to be a guest speaker for the Niagara Conference. And at that time, when I sent out the invite to him, I needed a really quick response because of the venue situation. And then I told you last week how Pastor Benjamin, he replied back with a yes only 11 hours after I sent out the formal invite. And that was a really wonderful answer prayer. So we're looking forward to having Benjamin Robinson as our guest speaker for Niagara Conference. And then after I got the uh, confirmation from Benjamin, Pastor Benjamin, I faxed out the guest speaker profile and all the different documents Necessary to reserve Baekjunyeong Ginyeongwan, uh, which is, uh, we'll call it Christian Centennial Hall. It's at Chonglo Oga. Um, and uh, we put in, we faxed in all the documents. But the truth of the matter was, the reservation, the situation wasn't looking too favorable for us. But as Pastor Jim Simbola says, how many of you know that there is no situation that is favorable or unfavorable for our God. Amen? Amen. God is God. Yeah. So last weekend we prayed about getting this venue. And we had originally planned to book uh, the smaller auditorium that seats about two to three hundred. But since this is the year of Epic Faith, we decided to go crazy. And the leaders decided to go for the auditorium that seats one thousand. Now... When I went into the venue office, I don't know why the worker there, the admin lady was so cautious and why she was so reluctant to give us the venue. Not sure. Maybe it was uh, because of my hairstyle. <laughs> I'm starting to see more and more living in Korea how um, my hairstyle is not quite fully acceptable by everyone here. Uh, Praise the Lord, I'm leading an English ministry. Um, anyway, 
I don't know if it was my hairstyle or not, but uh, praise the Lord, because God's favor covers my head thicker than the hair there. Hallelujah. Amen. Because on Monday morning, that same lady called me back and said our reservation has been approved. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. Let's give praise, praise to God for the answer of prayer. Niagara Conference is on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Hallelujah. God answers prayer. Now, on top of Benjamin Robinson, we also have been praying for another guest speaker. Her name is Sarah Yang, wonderful speaker, Chinese-American. Uh, and uh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And uh, you can check out her testimony at jcbeloved.com. It's a wonderful testimony. And uh, so after praying and waiting, I got an email last night that Sarah is coming to preach at Niagara. And she's bringing a couple of her friends with her to help minister and prophesy. They're going to pay their own way. Come on now. Clap, clap it up some more. Come on. We got Benjamin. We got Sarah. Come on. Well, turn to your neighbor. Tell him it's time to get hyped. Yeah. And God is answering prayer. Hallelujah. So Sarah is coming. Now the praise reports, they don't stop just there. I'll share with you another one. Uh, for the past few weeks, the E101 church plant team, our church is planning to send out a team of 10 leaders, and they're going to go into the E101 section of Seoul, and they're gonna plant a, we're going to plant a church there. And so they've been looking at uh, various facilities, cafes, clubs, churches, office buildings, to find a worship facility uh, where they can begin to have their services. And this past Wednesday, I went with uh, John Michael and Mina to look at a place called King Bar on Hooker Hill. This is what John Michael shared earlier to, uh, today. And uh, we went to King Bar. You know, it was a bar during the day. It was closed. Nobody was there. But when we got there, there was this Ajashi that pulled up on this, like, like, like really old scooter. And uh, I just felt led to insult to him. So when I insult to him, he was like, what are you doing here? And we're like, oh, we're looking for the owner of the, uh, of the club. And he's like, I don't know who that is, but go to the back. There's a maintenance, Kuali Ajashi. There's a maintenance guy in the back. Try talking to him. So we went toward the back. We didn't even know how to get to the back, but he showed us how to get to the back. And when we got to the back, the maintenance guy wasn't there. But there was another Ajashi there. And so he's like, what, what are you doing here? What are you trespassing? What, 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 what do you want? What do you want? And so I explained in my Korean... 저는요, 영어 예배 목사인데요. Alright. Now, it started flowing. Let me tell you right now, it was the grace of God. I started spitting out. I was spitting out things. I didn't even, I, I, I just knew it was, just, it was just the grace of the Lord. And I explained everything. I told him that we wanted to start a church in Itaewon. And that in America, it's not an uncommon story to have church in like a movie theater, to have it in a club. You know, in LA, there's some churches that meet in clubs that start out that way. And so I was like, we're trying to stay open to that possibility as well. And we wanted to just see if the owner of the, the club and the bar here, if the person was open to us coming and negotiating something. So he looked at me weird, but as I continued to share, he started to brighten up. And then all of a sudden he said, all right, I'll call the owner for you. So he called up the owner, explained to her the situation. And after a while, he said, 
here, she wants to talk to you. Okay. So I talked to her on the phone. And once again, the anointing started flowing. Started speaking, <laughs> spark, speaking in Korean. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and all of a sudden she goes, 내려오겠습니다. So that means she, she said, all of a sudden, I'm going to come down and meet you. So wait a few minutes. She comes down. And her heart's just opening up. And she's just like, all right, all right. And, and I pointed at John Michael just to be like, what are you I was saying, we were an English ministry, and I pointed at John Michael, he's a white guy. Uh, you know, just to let her know we're legit. <laughs> anyway, uh, and so she, she gladly opens up the second floor, which is where the bar is. It's called King Bar, and on the first floor is King Club. Now, some of y'all know about King Club. Okay, it's one of the oldest clubs in Korea. She opened up King Bar for us, for us, and she showed it to us. And when I was just walking through, I just felt like, in my, in my mind didn't understand. I was trying to work out all the, like, the logistics, like, would this work for a worship service? But in my spirit, I was already getting excited. Oh, this is it right here. This is it. Case closed. This is it. The Lord's given this to us. And so um, I sat down with John Michael. We just kind of discussed it over uh, burgers, and uh, it was settled. We were going to go with King, King Bar. So on Thursday, I called Pastor Huang, the head pastor of our church here, and uh, to get his blessing. And he said that he was uncomfortable with us worshiping at a bar. See, initially I said, oh, King Bar. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And I was like, it's a bar. He's like, huh? <laughs> and he said, ba? <laughs> he didn't understand bar. He understood ba. And he was like, oh, you know, he, you know, he said he was uncomfortable with that. And so I realized we need to do some more prayer. So, uh, you know, we got the team to pray more. And then uh, I was meeting uh, his uh, wife, Samonim, yesterday uh, on, my, on my birthday on Friday, the next, very next day. So I prayed up before I met Samonim. I was like, Lord, I got to get favor with Samonim. If I can get favor with Samonim, that's going to open up the doors more for Moksanim. So I prayed up, and then when I presented it to her, she was like, oh, excited. She was like, all right, that sounds great. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? And so, and then on Friday fire, later that night, we prayed about Pastor Huang. We said, Lord, open up his heart. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then on Saturday morning, 12 hours later, at the pastor's meeting, uh, I presented the Itaewon church plant situation. And then Pastor Huang cut me off. And he said, oh, okay, okay, good. You can... You, that, that means that means it's green light. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was a breakthrough, man. Pastor Huang was on a roll. He was just like rebuking and hammering all the pastors. Then you know we were like, I was getting like Myung was getting nervous right next to me, but I was like, no, Hallelujah. That favor is on me. That favor is on me. And praise the Lord. So we we got the green light. So um. Hallelujah, the New Philly Army is going to go out. We're going to transform Hooker Hill. Turn it into Holy Hill, Healing Hill, whatever. Anything but Hooker Hill. And we're we're not going to wait in fear, hoping Satan doesn't attack. We're going to take the fight to his house, amen? We're going to take the fight to his territory. And we're going to possess the gate of our enemies. And Brother John Michael earlier, he mentioned a... Uh, vision, a prophetic vision that our sister Susie received 
this past week. She, had, uh, she wrote this. She said, I just wanted you to know that I was praying for New Philadelphia ET1, and I was envisioning a hill covered with houses crammed against each other. And then a huge hand, which she believed was God's hand, came and grabbed that hill. I think that Itaewon isn't a hill, is it? But I felt like maybe God's hand would just grab that mountain and shake it like never before. But it was a good feeling. Like he was claiming it for himself, laying a hold of it. Yeah! (laughs) Exciting. Where's the exclamation points, Susie? Um, Now, Susie, we had not informed anybody. Uh, that we were looking at King Bar on Hooker Hill. So come on now, that's the Lord. That's the Lord confirming it. Showing us that, you know, we're going through what He has planned out for us. And I believe God is saying through this vision that when we have our church on Hooker Hill, it's not just something so that we can say our church is cool or unique. God is really claiming that whole area. Because there's going to come a day when every brothel will shut down and bright, beautiful restaurants, businesses are going to open up. Healing centers, counseling centers are going to open up. Churches are going to open up all over the hill. Praise the Lord. And I got one more praise report. Let me share with you. It's a healing testimony. We love healing testimonies. Amen. Some of y'all know about this one. It's from our brother Michael Kang from uh, ECF in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, Michael, he went with us on missions to Philippines last month. And he's the one that came back with the most amazing (laughs) and hilarious healing testimony ever. So (laughs) if you missed it, go back and listen to Rivers of Living Water. It's a good one. And uh, anyway... He shared with me something that happened to him recently in Melbourne after the mission trip. So he said that while walking from the train station toward his college campus, he was just talking to God, listening to his iPod, some praise music. And as he's walking, he, he passes, there's a large group of guys on the side, and he notices a man on crutches. So he just kind of glances at them and just keeps walking by. Seconds later, a young gentleman comes running after him, taps him on the shoulder, and says that he felt fire and tingling in his knee as Michael glanced his way. Now, Michael looks down at this guy, notices that the guy who chased him down was the guy who was earlier holding the crutches. Except now he's, he's not using crutches. He was completely healed. Just by a glance. Got completely healed. Michael said it was like leaking heaven. You know, sometimes you just leak. Because you're just filled with the presence of the Lord. Come on now. Let's be mature. Come on. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. And it gets, it gets better. That's not the end of the testimony. I'm telling you right now. All right, because they're coming a day when testimonies like this, they're going to be much more common. Yeah. Michael goes back to the group, explains 
what happened, why it happened, and then all six of them and the guy who got healed, they all give their lives to Christ. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? All right, get, it gets even better. It gets even better. He concludes that time, after leading them to Christ, he concludes it with a corporate prayer. And, and he prays for like a Holy Spirit. And this group, they all said that they felt fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Michael, if you're listening to this, just want to say I'm very proud of you. This is a young college student. One year ago, this kid was confused, full of doubts, getting spiritually attacked. But one year after walking in the presence of the Lord, one year after walking in the anointing and getting the fire of God, he is releasing that anointing life and power everywhere he goes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, what Michael experienced in his testimony is a sign of a new standard that God is restoring at this hour. Amen? Oh, he's restoring it. The church is moving out right now in signs, wonders, healings, miracles, and power. And just like in the book of Acts, it's going to increase. Not only are we going to experience what it was like in the book of Acts, but the church is going to experience even greater things than that. But the glory of the latter house is supposed to be greater than the former. And what God is about to do in these end days is going to far exceed what we even read about in the book of Acts. You know, the church, we need to stop reading the book of Acts as history. We need to read it as prophecy. You know, the people who were part of the early church, they're in heaven. They're looking down to the church on earth right now. You know what they're doing? I bet you they're cheering for us to do more than they did. They're rooting us on to see more than what they saw. You know, they're not in heaven saying, you know, I don't know why the church is trying so hard to move out in miracles and signs. What we experienced was as good as it gets. Don't they get it? I don't think they're saying that. They are cheering for us. The victorious end time church to rise up with power, with authority, with victory. You know, the baptism of the spirit and the accompanying supernatural gifts and manifestations of the spirit as described in Acts. This promise is not just for the people in the book of Acts. Peter said in Acts 2.39, this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all the Lord our God will call. Hallelujah. That means you. The promise of power from on high to be his witness. That promise is for you, brothers and sisters. Powerful, supernatural signs and wonders, Christianity must become the standard that we pursue. Let me say that again. Power-filled, supernatural signs and wonders, Christianity 
must be the standard that we pursue at this hour. Because that's what God is restoring. You see, this is the standard we find in Scripture. When Jesus was on the earth, his whole ministry was filled with signs and wonders. And then when he taught his disciples, he didn't say, hey, look, this, this stuff ain't for you. It's just for me. No, he didn't say that, right? The Bible says he sent them out to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. When he sent out his disciples, he sent them out to do exactly, to step out in the same standard of ministry that he was carrying. That standard of signs and wonders. And then after Jesus' death and resurrection, on the day of Pentecost, this standard was permanently unleashed with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God was making it available to all who were hungry. And then we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 43, that the ministry of the apostles was full of signs and wonders. But it was not only the ministry of the apostles, but it was also the ministry of deacons. Like Philip, like Barnabas, they weren't apostles yet, and yet they were moving in signs and wonders. Hallelujah. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 30, the first believers, they experienced persecution. And in the face of that persecution, they pray for God to stretch out his hand and perform miracles, signs, and wonders. Brothers and sisters, you need to get this in your head today. Because I am drawing my line in the sand today as a pastor. To get this in your head today, we need to understand the times. Okay? A power-filled signs and wonders Christianity is the standard we must contend for at this hour. We must not flinch. We must not back down. We must not compromise. We must not settle for anything less. Now, if you want to contend for this type of standard and be hungry to pursue a Christianity that is full of supernatural signs and wonders, then you got to do one thing today before you can move forward. Listen to me. You got to do one thing today if you're going to move forward in this pursuit. You got to say goodbye to powerless Christianity. You got to say goodbye to powerless Christianity. Now, I'll explain what I mean by that. That's what, you know, that's what this message today is all about. It's about saying goodbye to powerless Christianity. You know, some Christians think that it is more noble to choose character over power. They stand on passages like 1 Corinthians 13. What's that chapter about? Love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Does not boast. Talks about love. It's the love chapter. And they use chapters like that. To feel justified in their lack of passion to pursue God's power. And so, 
They quote the scripture. They say, if I have prophetic powers and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. So people say things like, well, signs and wonders are cool. But check it out. It's far more wiser and more fruitful to pursue loving God and loving others. They say, look at the Bible. It says, without love, we're nothing. Once I have more of the love and character of Christ, I'll pursue signs and wonders a little bit more. But I'm working on that first. I think it's better to be cautious and just focus on being more loving. As good as that may sound, such words come from a religious spirit. It's a form of powerless Christianity that is being advocated here. You know, a religious spirit will always value the appearance of character at the expense of power. But the spirit of our God does not do such a thing. It's about the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. In fact, if you keep reading into the first verse of the next chapter, chapter 14, verse 1, it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. In fact, chapters 12 and 14 are all about spiritual gifts. It's about the charismatic signs and wonders. The main point of this passage here is not simply pursue love. That's not the main point. That is a parenthetical teaching, and it's a good one at that, right in the middle. But the main point that Paul is teaching here is signs and wonders. I'm tired of hearing these wonderful, seemingly righteous, religious Remarks made by men of God that feel good about themselves after they say it. And it's their way of saying, well, maybe my, my ministry doesn't have signs and wonders, but look, man, we got love. And that's what it's all about. It's all about love. And they use 1 Corinthians 13. And you know what? In my spirit, I was always troubled by that. And I'm, I'm here just to preach it out loud. You are missing the point if you think all Paul is talking about is love. Love is, yes, very important. Very, very, very important. But his main point here is not love. It's signs and wonders. Signs and wonders, brothers and sisters. You see, signs and wonders is the meat and potatoes. You know, God doesn't want us to choose between character or power. You know, it's an illegitimate choice. It's like asking an airplane pilot, what would you rather keep, the wings or the engine? Okay. It is an illegitimate choice. And it's one the devil 
religious spirits, they try to make you choose, but we must never separate the two. Character and power go hand in hand to bring us to true obedience before the Lord. If all you're occupied with is just loving God and loving people, and you separate that from a ministry of signs and wonders, you're not walking in full obedience. You know, signs and wonders is not embellishment. It's not just icing on the cake. Signs and wonders was the meat and potatoes of Jesus' ministry. If you take signs and wonders out of Jesus' ministry, you do not have Jesus' ministry. Yes, he taught. Yes, he preached. But he did signs and wonders. And if it was the meat and potatoes of Jesus' ministry, we got to pursue that standard as well. Saying goodbye to powerless Christianity means never letting anyone trap you into choosing between character and power. It's not a choice. You know, in today's key passage in Matthew 22, Matthew 22, verse 29, Jesus, he rebukes the Sadducees and he says this. He says, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. You know, some people argue that although signs and wonders are cool, they would rather choose to focus on the ministry of the word. They believe discipleship via Bible study and good, rich preaching will bring forth more fruit than all the supernatural signs and wonders people can experience or see. And once again, powerless Christianity uses such emphasis to make us comfortable with the void of not seeing God show up with power. But today we got to say goodbye to powerless Christianity. You know, for some of y'all, y'all don't really understand what I'm preaching right now, but it's going down into your spirit. Don't worry about it. It's going into your spirit. You will start to think differently. Because this... What I'm preaching right here is not a new Philly local thing. It's what God is doing all over the earth. Hallelujah. And when he restores, he, he breaks down denominational walls. He doesn't say, oh, I can't go over there. That denomination, I can't touch that. No, he breaks through and he starts to restore everywhere. That's what God is doing right now. For anyone that is open to signs and wonders but chooses to emphasize the ministry of the word and not charismatic signs and wonders, such a person is walking in the path of the Sadducees. Such a person is walking in the path of the Sadducees. You see, you may be emphasizing the word, but you are failing to see the emphasis of the word. That makes sense? Let me, let, me, let me read that again, right? You may be emphasizing the word, but you are failing to see the emphasis contained in the word of God. The emphasis of the word of God is signs and wonders. Make no mistake about it. Okay. From the book of Genesis 
to Elijah and Elisha, you see that the nature of God is supernatural. I mean, who told you that God has changed his nature? That all of a sudden he's insecure about showing his supernatural qualities in signs and wonders. Who told you that? I'll tell you right now, it's not in scripture. The Bible, the word of God that you are emphasizing did not tell you that. Daniel 6.27 Daniel, a man intimate, familiar with God and his presence. He says this, God rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. What Daniel sees in his worship is the nature of God. Our God is God of signs and wonders. Turn to your neighbor and tell him that right now. Point at him and say, our God is a God of signs and wonders. He's a, sign, he's a signs and wonders God. Now, if it wasn't clear from the Old Testament, in the New Testament Gospels, you begin to see God's nature show up very directly. Because what kind of ministry does God carry when he walks on the earth in the flesh? In other words, what ministry did Jesus carry? It was a ministry, like I mentioned, where he preached and taught the word. But it was also a ministry where he casted out demons. He opened blinded eyes. He made the lame to walk. He cleansed the lepers. And he raised the dead. These are signs and wonders. And signs and wonders require power. Hallelujah. So when you choose the word over and in place of signs and wonders, Jesus is saying to you what he said to the Sadducees. You are in error because you do not understand the scriptures nor the power of God. Sadducees didn't even know that that was an issue, the power part. Actually, they probably didn't think it was a scripture issue either. They didn't think they had an issue. We're here, Jesus rebukes them openly, publicly. The word of God and the power of God are never to be separated, brothers and sisters. The devil will try to make you choose, but we must never separate the two. They are married together. The word of God is called the sword of the spirit. If the anointing power of God flows through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit sees the word of God as his sword. I'm telling you right now, Holy Spirit, he has no separation. He sees power and word married together. But instead of saying goodbye to powerless Christianity means never letting anyone trap you into choosing between the word and power. Now, what I'm preaching right now has huge ramifications. Amen. And in the English ministry churches of Korean, in the English ministry, in the English ministries of Korean churches, what I'm preaching right now, you know, if other pastors got a hold of this message, I would take a lot of heat. And you know what? Like I said, I'm drawing my line in the sand today. 
I'm going to start taking that heat. But hallelujah. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to kick open the doors. To make crooked paths straight. To, to bring restoration. Where God's people have been robbed of for so long. Robbed of power. You know, I don't think God is impressed when we tell him, hey, God, I'll step out to heal the sick when I have more character. And when, in fact, character gets shaped when we step out in obedience for signs and wonders. When we pursue the power of God, those power experiences have a way of shaping our character in a very powerful way. Bill Johnson said like this. He said, Christ-like character can never be fully developed without serving under the anointing. The anointing is just a word for the power of God. Anointed ministry brings us into contact with the power needed for personal transformation. You know why you haven't experienced transformation in a while? Because you haven't touched the power of God. And the power of God has not touched you in such a long time. In fact, maybe it has never touched you. You've never experienced it because you're never church. You're, the shepherds in your church never told you about it. They never preached on it. They never stepped out in boldness about it, even though they secretly held onto it inside their hearts. It is. The secret is out. Hallelujah. Now, you know, although a lot of people, they agree and they want to believe what I'm preaching today, some people will still refuse to say goodbye to powerless Christianity because the charismatic movement makes them uncomfortable. It makes you uncomfortable. I can relate. It still makes me uncomfortable. And when I was just beginning to have it revealed to me, it made me very uncomfortable. But you know what? The best advice that I have for people that are in those shoes is three words. Get over it. Get over it. Tell your neighbor, get over it. Get over it. You know, being introduced to the charismatic movement is like meeting a new friend. You know, in the beginning, it may be awkward, unfamiliar, uncomfortable, but as you continue to meet that person, you will get over the first impression. And you will start to like that person. You know, it's like eating kimchi. You know, if you're a foreigner, you've never had kimchi before, or tenjang. Hallelujah. Man, if I was a foreigner, I wouldn't want to touch tenjang with a 10-foot pole. I mean, it just reeks. It smells. Why do Koreans even eat tenjang? It's like fermented, decaying beans. I mean, what? Ajuma one day decided, oh, uh, this looks good. Let's cook it up tonight. But let me tell you right now. People who've been living here for more than six months. You know how delicious it is now. That's just like it. It's like kimchi and tenjang. You just got to get over it. <laughs> Makes me uncomfortable. Just get over it. 
get over it. It's nutritious. It's good. I, I guarantee you will begin to like it. Some people refuse to say goodbye to powerless Christianity because they're so turned off by the abuses in the charismatic movement. Now, Bill Johnson said it like this. He gives this wonderful analogy. He says, a counterfeit $100 bill does not nullify the value of the real thing. Likewise, a counterfeit or abused or abandoned gift does not invalidate our need for the Holy Spirit's power to live as Jesus did. Pennies are not counterfeited because they're not worth the effort. In the same way, the devil works only to copy or distort those things in the Christian life that have the greatest potential effect. Don't turn away from the charismatic movement because there's abuses, brothers and sisters. The abuses of one person never justify the neglect of another. Why would you let the devil turn you off from the authentic move of God just because he was successful at showing you the counterfeit? Or showing you somebody that had a moral moral failure while walking in the anointing. You know, there's something of great worth that Satan is trying to hide from your eyes. It's like this. If you had a stack of $100 bills, just had a big old stack. Hallelujah. Who wants, who wants to stack right here? I'm playing. Put your hands down. God, man cannot serve both God and money. Hallelujah. I'm playing. I'll shut you off. I'm playing. If you had a stack of $100 bills and you found two of them to be counterfeit, who in their right mind would throw away the whole stack? Shoot, I will... I wouldn't even throw away the counterfeit. <laughs> oh, man, that looks real. <laughs> Maybe I can get some poor sucker. <laughs> I'm playing. I won't do that. Brothers and sisters, the charismatic movement of signs and wonders is carrying and spreading something of immense value. Don't push it away. I don't care if it was your uncle, your father, your cousin, somebody you saw on TV. The abuses of one does not justify the neglect of another. You know, there are so many Christians who are embarrassed over the abuses of the charismatic movement. But let me say something right now about being embarrassed. Or actually, the better word might be offended. A lot of people are not just embarrassed, they're offended by the abuses in the charismatic movement. But let me just say something about being offended. If you get so easily offended over the abuses in the charismatic movement, 
Why is it that you are rarely ever offended over the absence of signs and wonders? Your eyes are always focused on being critical of the signs and wonders movement. Always feeling so embarrassed and offended. But why is it that you are never offended by powerless Christianity? When powerless Christianity, every single day, they fail to walk in the full commands of our Lord Jesus Christ. They pass over passages like, these are the signs that will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak in new tongues. Why, why are there so many people in the church, in evangelical Christianity, that are still so hung up on tongues? They just pass over large portions of scripture that talk about signs and wonders. And then critics, they slam people who try and fail. But they overlook the millions who confess Jesus as Lord, but they never pursue the gifts. They never pursue power, signs, wonders. Let me say something today. If you're going to be offended, be offended by powerless Christianity. Because you might be like, well, you know, charismatic movement, man, they're, it's so costly. You know, some of the abuses, some of the moral failures of these charismatic leaders, you know, because charismatic movement, just the na- type, type of nature of the movement, it gathers a lot of people. It just gathers a lot of people. And all these people look up to this guy, and then this guy has a moral failure, he has adultery, he has something. And it's just, just so, such a big cost. Such a big cost. What about this? I think it is far more costly... Powerless Christianity is far more costly than just the abuses you find in Signs and Wonders Christianity. You know, saying goodbye to powerless Christianity, it means not settling for anything less. Saying goodbye means rejecting powerless Christianity. And by this, I don't mean like telling powerless Churches, people that aren't really pursuing or moving in that and saying, oh, you guys aren't Christians. You guys are going to hell. You know, you guys aren't Christians. We can't fellowship with you. That's not what I'm saying when I say we, we need to reject powerless Christianity. What I'm saying is the position in your heart needs to change today. Start to change the position. You got to start being not okay with a Christianity that has the absence of signs and wonders. This is not okay. This is not what I find in scripture, I know there is so much more. That's got to be the cry of your heart. That's what saying goodbye to powerless Christianity is all about. The purpose of God's power is not just so for you to overcome sin. God's power is for healings, miracles, signs, and wonders. To bring the hardened sinner to repentance in a moment of the display of God's power. Well, when Jesus walked into Peter's boat and said, Hey, let down your nets for a catch. Peter was like, man, we've been fishing all night. We ain't catch nothing. But Jesus, since you said so, I'm going to try. He let down his nets and all of a sudden, fish started to hop into the net. Hallelujah. And there were so many fish that as he tried to bring them up, the nets started to rip. He had to get friends to help him out. And even then, they couldn't get the fish back into the boat. The fish 
after so many, the, the boat started to sink. You know what Peter said? He said, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Why didn't Peter say, wow, that is a lot of fish. <laughs> Why? I'm a sinful man. Why? What was happening? Peter was being granted repentance. He was repenting of his sin. Because in a moment of this sign, he saw that God is real, that God is powerful, that God is holy. And it is encounters like this that will bring many into the kingdom in these last days. A display of his supernatural signs and wonders is already happening, by the way. God's power is not just to overcome sin. The Bible says in Isaiah 61, the anointing is to bind up the broken hearted. The anointing is there to proclaim freedom for the captives. To set people free from all kinds of disease and demonic attack. When we settle for powerless Christianity, it's like, in the words of Will Smith, it's like bringing a sandwich to a buffet. <laughs> Just don't do it. Look, tonight we're going for like we're going to go out to dinner for for a bunch of March birthdays, right? We're going to go out to TGI, and it's not a buffet. But what if it was? What if it was? What if tonight we're going to a buffet and Brother Caleb here goes inside the 7-Eleven and starts buying a kimbap? And I'll be like, what you doing, man? We're going to a buffet. He'll be like, what's what? Why? I'm just getting kimbap. Yo, do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? We're going to a buffet. You don't bring a kimbap to a buffet. And God is saying there is a feast at the table of the king. There is a feast. Why, why are you bringing the sandwich? There is so much more. No, thank you, Lord. Others can enjoy the feast, but I'm happy with my sandwich. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's what powerless Christianity is saying. Okay, we, 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 it's, years have passed since the Pentecostal movement and the charismatic movement and all this new wave of movements that's happening right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. We recognize that these are true bona fide Christians because we've met them and they have wonderful churches and programs. We respect them. They are now in the level of dignity. We honor them. We, we recognize them. Okay, then why, why, how come you're not coming in and enjoying the buffet? Well, you know, I like my sandwich. We'll testify to you that people are getting healed in Africa. People, people are getting raised from the dead in China. In the, Indonesia, in the biggest Muslim country in the world, people are coming to Christ by the multitudes. There is a jihad war among militant Muslims, but there is another war waging for the souls of men. And people are coming to Christ because they're seeing signs and wonders. They're seeing supernatural signs and wonders. They're seeing that God is real. I'm testifying to you. This is the real deal. Come on. Come on in. 
there's enough for everybody. I like my sandwich. <laughs> Put down the sandwich. Put down the kimbap. Put it down. God's word says, "Come and drink milk and honey." There's plenty. There's plenty at the table of the king. If you knew today, if you could know beyond a shadow of doubt, we could give you a thousand-page document. With fully documented miracles, healings, just proving beyond a shadow of doubt that what God is doing right now with signs and wonders is the real deal. If we could prove that to you today, would you not put down your sandwich? I'm sorry, I don't have a thousand page document. But I have the testimony of the saints. And perhaps you're Doubtful that these testimonies are real. Well, investigate. If, you, if you're really serious, investigate. And you will find there's amazing fruit that's coming forth as God's Spirit is being poured out on the earth. Saying goodbye to powerless Christianity means if you're not experiencing God's power and you see no signs and wonders in your Christianity, that you will have a holy dissatisfaction with that. Where you say, there's more. I know there's more. Saying goodbye means not letting the devil whisper, this is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets. Instead of saying, shut up, devil. I'm in the middle of my pursuit. My pursuit to contend For the kingdom of God to manifest on earth as it is in heaven. My pursuit to see the power, the signs, and the wonders of God being revealed around me and through me. I'm in the middle of my pursuit. I'm not there yet, devil. But you shut your mouth. I'm choosing the buffet. Take your sandwich. Punk. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, do not lower God's word to fit your experience or, the, or your lack of experience. Do not lower the standard of God's word. You're simply on your way. You'll get there. Just be hungry for it. Pursue it. Contend for it. Like I said before, some people, they focus and they simplify Christianity to loving God and loving people. And I think it's a very important and central message in Christianity. And check it out. It's good. Loving God, loving people. I agree with you. How many of you in here will say, ah, that's a good word. I agree with that. Loving God and loving people. Man, it's a good way just to think about Christianity, man. It makes me, man, it makes my head spin. I get all like, there's too many issues sometimes. Man, I just like to simplify. Loving God, loving people. Sounds good to me. It's a good word. It's a good word. 
But check this out. The definition of loving God and loving people empowers Christianity is entirely different than the de- definition of loving God and loving people contained in Scripture. Who told you that this is the same? It wasn't the Word of God. It wasn't the voice of the Spirit. So today, as you say goodbye to powerless Christianity, may the Holy Spirit quicken your mind. May He reveal to you and unveil your eyes, even right now, unveil your eyes so that you are redefined in your thinking of what it means to love God and love people. Loving God and loving people means moving in signs and wonders to reach and minister to them. You're not truly loving people unless you show them the power of God. Unless you believe that God will show up in power. So yeah, I agree with your message. But don't don't try to say we're speaking the same because we're not. Definition I'm trying to get is from right here. The definition you're trying to get is from your lack of experience. And I will be bold to tell it to your face. I will stand on the word of God. For too long, the church has been guilty of coming up with doctrines to justify their lack of power. Instead of crying out to God until God changes them, people come up with these creative doctrines to explain why God doesn't move in signs and wonders anymore. I don't call it doctrine. I call it a lie. And unfortunately, this lie has infected the body of Christ with an estrangement and a fear of the Holy Spirit. There's so many people come into our church here and they are afraid of the Holy Spirit. They're like, hey, come on. Just come on. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. And they, it looks like they're like walking into a haunted house. They're like, oh, look at that, man. Ah. Not crying because they're repenting. They're crying because they're scared. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Not fear. You see, this doctrine deceives under the guise of being undeceived or staying undeceived. They may emphasize the word, but once again, they fail to see the emphasis of the word, which is that the word of God must always go forth with power. Power is not just conceptual, by the way. It is tangible. It is real. It is supernatural power. You can't see electricity but believe me, you put your hand in that socket, you, I will make you believe in electricity. <laughs> you can't see gravity, but I'll push you over the ledge of this building and I will make you believe. I'll make you a believer. <laughs> you can't see magnetic waves, but look, turn on your cell phone, call somebody, I'll make you a believer. Look, power ain't conceptual. It's real. The fire of God is real. Spiritual gifts are real. Power is the realm of the Holy Spirit. A powerless word is not the spirit of God. It is the letter. And the Bible says the letter kills, the spirit gives life. When you preach the word of God, you got to preach it with power and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
I'll close with this. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4. Apostle Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Why did Paul see the kinds of results that he did when he did all that church planning? Why was he able to go into a city full of riots and still raise up a church? Why would he get stoned and left for dead? Power of God would just raise him back up and he'll just go right back in and start preaching again. Why? Because when he went in, he didn't just preach and teach. He went in with signs and wonders. Brothers and sisters. You might be reluctant to say goodbye to powerless Christianity because that is the only form of Christianity that you have known. And you might say, well, what if I lose my friends? What if I lose my reputation? I can't walk away from this. This is all I know. This is the Christianity that I know. It's the, it's the powerless one that you're talking about here. I may lose everything. But let me submit to you. It may be costly to say goodbye. But it will be much more costly to stay with powerless Christianity. When Jesus returns, he will ask, where is my talent that I entrusted to you? Where are the gifts that I placed in your life? What have you done with the spiritual gifts that I poured out on the earth? And the correct answer that will please God, the response that pleases God will not be, well, Lord, I was scared. It was like eating kimchi. It was, I just couldn't get, I couldn't, I couldn't get used to it. I just, it, was, it felt safer to hold on to my sandwich. Lord, I just buried it here in the ground. Here it is, Lord. Here. Here is that which gave me. Say goodbye to that, please. Do me a favor, church. Let us begin to say goodbye to powerless Christianity. Because I believe God is bringing it to an end with swiftness. And there's going to come a day where powerless churches, the true sheep, they're going to start to flock out in droves. Because God is returning for a victorious, power, spirit-filled bride. Let's pray. Let's pray, everybody. Lord God, we just thank you so much, Lord. I just pray for every person in this room, Lord. Whether they can wrap their heads around this message or not. Whether they, this message raises more questions than answers. Whether there is a passion that's brewing up inside of them to investigate and research. To see if all the things I'm saying are true. To go and investigate the testimonies 
of the saints that is being spread all over the earth about supernatural signs and wonders. God, I just pray for each and every person in this room, wherever they are in their walk. And even the leaders of this church that have been trying to walk in it, have been pursuing and contending for it. I pray for every person in this room. And they will stop making excuses for powerlessness. And they will begin to walk and display the nature of our God to a dark and fallen world. That nature, that supernatural, amazing, the God of impossibilities, the God whom Daniel saw in his prayer closet, the God who performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. I just pray for the grace for each person to begin to draw their own line in the sand. And I just thank you that as they put their hand to the plow and not look back, they're entering into a Christianity that that's going to end human trafficking in, in third world countries. It's going to come and invade and reform education systems where masses of people are oppressed. Your people will bring and carry your anointing. And even with signs and wonders, not just into churches and ministries and conferences and retreats, but they will go into government systems, education systems. And by your favor and by your anointing, they would destroy all the works of the enemy that the, the enemy has built up for many, many years. And they will release your spirit in that system, in that nation, in that city. In cities like Pattaya, your spirit will be loosed. Brothels will close down. Young women will go get an education. They will find other jobs as the government is reformed. But Lord God, may your people not be found holding on to a sandwich when you return, God. When there was a great feast that you made available for your people. Stir our hearts, God. In Jesus' name, amen.